welcome to Care of the Load podcast. I am so excited to have Brandi Cash with us here today. Those of you who have heard her, um, heard our original podcast together, you know um, she's an incredible woman. As we focused on um, living while grieving, and she shared with us some of her experiences that she has had since her father passed away just about a year ago on the summit of Mount Everest. So, Brandy, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here again. It has been really a journey for both of us, hasn't it? It sure has. <laughs> um, one of the things that I am finding as now, let me just let you all in on the secret of mine. It's not really a secret, but Brandy is one of my life coaches. She is a healer, and that is how I have come to know her. Um, actually, I knew her several years ago, but we were reconnected, uh, and it's a whole different a different world right now. And the healing that is taking place and how she is helping me on my journey has been amazing. And so I didn't want to keep her to myself. And she has so many gifts here that I wanted to share her with you because there's so many exciting things that are happening and that she's going to share with you at the end of the podcast, but just get excited, just get excited to, to be here. Um, just sit down and, and be present and feel and feel what she has to say and just soak it all in. So Brandy, let's talk a little bit about the subject of generational healing. And that this has been so much fun to do with you because it's like we're living our podcasts, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> we have a session and we discuss things and we, we work over some stuff and then it's like, Hey, this is material. We need to share this. People need to know it. So it's been a lot of fun for me also to feel that same. Let's get it out there. I love it. It, it, it has been. And so surprising to me, the things that when I come in to do, do a healing session or to, you know, to, to work on these things, I am not thinking we're going where we're going. <laughs> Neither <And> am I. <laughs> it, it's been like this, it's like, what, you know, when I, when I walk in the door or when I turn on the computer, cause you know, with this uh, social distancing stuff, we've done it virtually and it's been amazing that it works virtually. But when I sit down and when I think we're going to work on, has been very different. I mean, we're working on it, but the the root issue is very different than what I think it is. Right. Yep. I love that. So I love that you mentioned that we're always trying to get to the root issues, right? So it's it's all about finding where did this start? And sometimes it's in our own childhood or our own experiences or in our own past. But a lot of times, and that's what we want to focus this podcast on, is a lot of times it can be even beyond our life, before our life, someone else's root issue that we're working on. And that's an interesting place to go with it. <laughs> so, so it is interesting. So explain that a little bit about how, how can we be focusing and working on generations past? How does that work? <laughs> it's a great question. It, it kind of also depends on people's belief system because my understanding is that, um, we all come in to this experience as kind of a, a big family. We're all a huge family that 
that our souls, our spirits kind of chose to come in and help with different things is my, again, my belief on it. I know there's people that believe in past lives and different things like that. But to me, it's kind of that same idea of what maybe someone consider as a past life would be for me an ancestor's life. Um, that there was maybe something that went on in, in the past that that they didn't know how to uh, do that, like work through that. And so then it kind of gets held as this emotional trauma or this emotional energy. And then it keeps getting passed down just like in the DNA, right? We know that we can kind of inherit DNA issues through, you know, through that way physically, but we can also inherit them emotionally. And I know that there's a lot of understanding in our society about depression or anxiety being an inherited um, trait, or they ask about those different things. But I also understand it to be um, really a, an, an emotional energy. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Frozen 2. Have you seen it, Annette? I have. I have. <laughs> That's exactly what I think of when I think of doing this work. Is is I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but but the premise of it is that there was this kind of thing that happened in the past. There was this generational issue that happened in the past, and and Anna and Elsa have to kind of go and figure out what that was so that they can make it right. Isn't that crazy? When that came out, I was blown. My mind was blown because <laughs> that's what I do. This is what I. This I is never heard together, but that's exactly what it is. Uh huh. And and the fact that. It, um, their whole journey was to fix something, to make a correction, to heal. It wasn't that they had to fix it, but they had to heal those wounds of the past. Right. And, and it's, it really is fascinating to me to think about that as you, you bring that together, because just like, DNA and the physical things that get passed down. Sort of those emotional. I, I don't know if any of you listeners or if you Brandy have done your DNA test. Um, and it's been interesting because my, uh, my family, my, my grandfather on my father's side came over from Greece to America when he was 17. And um, you know, for the American dream and we don't know a whole lot about, you know, going back further. I know his, you know, names of his his parents. I know I've now, you know, some of his siblings. But the interesting thing that I have found through my DNA is they go back now, not just to connect, you know, the dots of people, but there's the physical DNA. And what do, does your body... Um, you know, more than likely you will have this, you know, or you'll be this. And, and they know it was amazing to me to see how exact it was. Wow. The physical challenges that I have, they knew it had been passed down. Wow. Which I just was amazed. Mm-hmm. And, and so, of course, the emotional part is. Right. And actually, that was one of the things that it it talked about is that there would be this tendency to have to struggle with anxiety and depression. Wow. And it came down through this, through the line. And so it makes sense. So let's right. go back to you, my friend. Very <laughs> on from Anna and Elsa. <laughs> what was that? I said, go ahead and carry on and explain <laughs> this process and some of the things that, 
that you have helped others do in, in their healing and your personal healing and how we can help those that are listening? Yeah, I think once we understand that there is a generational component to our healing, it kind of opens up a new level of healing because we can only do so much for ourselves, right? We can do our emotions. We can, we can work through our own childhood traumas as best we can. We can, we can do all of that work. Um, but if we don't bring in the generational piece of that, it, it doesn't quite make sense. It's like not seeing the full picture. Um, so for me, for example, one of the things I struggled with was I always felt like I was chubby and I was, I was a little chubby, but I wasn't that chubby as, uh, as much as I felt. So all growing up, I felt like I was this chubby little kid And I'd have spurts where I was less chubby, but in my head, I was always chubby. And then I recognized, and once I started to learn about my family, my family history, both of my parents felt chubby when they were young. And I had a grandma who was overweight for most of her life. And so she had some of that feelings of, you know, needing to be thin or needing to, you know, these different things that, that I didn't have any conscious real realization or recollection for why I would feel that way. But it was something that I felt even though it wasn't mine. Right. Right. And that's really the mark that I've seen of something that's not yours. It feels like it's always been there. You don't know why it's there. It doesn't make any sense for your own experience. And that is, that's, that's like a big teller that there's something going on. So I have another story. (laughs) Please go through feeling. Yes. And I look back because I always felt that way. And I look back at pictures of me. I wasn't. I mean, I was, you know, a little bit chubby at times. But not as much as you felt, right? But not what I felt. felt. Now I think, oh, if I could go back. (laughs) So now I understand. Yeah. The other story that comes to mind is even working with, um, not working with, just being around my roommate the other night, actually last night, we were talking about her issues with some with some of the men that she's been dating. And, and she's like, you know, I'm just so scared to tell him what I really think. And she's like, I've always had that problem. And I was like, did that come from a relationship? And she was like, I don't think so. Like, she doesn't have any recollection of a trauma within a relationship where she said something and it made them leave. But she, she would kept saying, I'm just so scared that if I say what I really mean, that they're going to leave. And then we we kind of did some work around that and said, okay, is this actually yours? And, and, and again, that marker of I feel this way and I don't have any real strong reason to. <laughs> There's nothing in my life that's happened. I can't think of a reason for this. And so then we look at the generations. And so we traced it back to her grandma and um, this 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 grandma was very volatile. She'd have these big outbursts and she would, she would be very um, intense with her words. And so part of her was trying not to say the wrong thing to push people away because she would often push people away with her opinion or with her thoughts or with sharing her experiences. And so as soon as we recognize that this, the, the girl, um, the roommate, she doesn't have, she's not, She's not volatile. She's not intense like that, but she still held this feeling of I can't share my opinion or it's going to push people away or it's going to make them leave. And so again, once we recognize that this was her grandma's, then we could let it go and say and help her grandma work through that because my belief is that they're still around. They're still here. 
and they still need the healing. And so we could help her grandma work through that belief of, you know, I said things that hurt people and actually heal from that rather than being affected. Wow. What healing that, that must have um, been for your roommate. Right. To recognize that, you know what? It all makes sense now. Because I think when we don't understand all the pieces or where it's coming from, it adds that layer of confusion. Right. Why do I feel this way? Because I can't think of any reason that would make me feel that way. But then as you were able to trace that back, I would just assume that a burden had been lifted Mm -hmm. and that she will be able to talk and express herself now in a way that that fear's gone. Yes. And is helping her grandma to learn how to do that better. Right. Right. So that her grandma could have maybe worked on herself a little bit more. Not she couldn't have because she didn't know any better at the time. Right. But that now she gets to continue to progress through, through her granddaughter and helping learn how to say things in a, in a healthy and appropriate way rather than something that is intense or pushy or. Right. Yeah. So one thing that you, all this brings up and and a thought is I don't think it's so foreign for people to think of guardian angels or that, you know, we've got others that are with whether we want to think they're assigned to us or that we just have these guardian angels. Um, Mm -hmm. I am so grateful for the angels that surround me. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they've had, they've had a work to do to, um, to help me along, but I feel their love and, and I'm so grateful for that. But when you talk about this experience, it goes both ways. It's reciprocal, right? Absolutely. So not only are those angels helping us and blessing our lives, we can in turn bless them and offer them ways to, to heal through us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that family component, right? It's just it's recognizing that we're all in it together and that maybe their spirit decide to go before us and our spirit decide to come later, but that we would be almost trained or prepared for whatever things they wouldn't have been able to fully accomplish in their lives because none of us are perfect. We all have wounds. We all have different things. We have all are doing the best that we can. And I do believe that we, we each, and it's there's no way to get fully off the path in my book. We, we have experiences and it hurts people and it can hurt our, our family line, but there's always ways to heal that and to get back to where we, we want to be. And I think that we're set up for the right, you know, the right spirits to help us do that. We talk about kind of chain breakers in families, right? These people, these spirits that just recognize they have to do it differently. And you've been one of those, you've been a huge one of those in your family to just choose to do things differently and to recognize the dysfunction in, in the pattern that they've been living and recognizing that they can um, wake up to more love, wake up to more of a healing that God does not want us to go through those, those patterns for forever, that we can, we can choose different patterns that are healthier and find ways to be supported in that. And I do think that our ancestors are part of that support because they knew that they contributed to the issue in small mm-hmm. ways and big ways that there was, there's always almost like everyone has a hand in the pie, Right. kind of take that back and own our, our, our own parts, the whole thing kind of clears up. It's, it's pretty powerful. 
and I um, that concept of of breaking the pattern of of doing things differently. You know, we, there's that generational. Um, you can look at generations and see that same pattern going down to you know down the aisle. And I was listening to an audio book the other day and, and this, this, um, this young man was getting ready to graduate from high school. And, and his father said something, well, you know, son, what are your plans? And, and he said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come join you at the mill. You know, that's what had happened for generations. It was a good, honest living. They worked hard. Mm-hmm. And his father said, well, son, you, you could do so much more. Is there something you would, you would like to do or that you could dream? And he hadn't even thought that he could do something more. He just thought that this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And so relating to that, to pain and trauma and those generational feelings, just because this is how it is, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's how it always has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that example because that's a huge one that we see is vocation, but also in financial aspects. What are, what are your beliefs about money? What are your beliefs about whether it's easy, whether it's hard, whether you have to work hard, almost always there's a huge generational component to that. And that can be such a relief to start to work through some of your ancestors gunk around their belief systems of believing that they're worthy or believing that they are deserving or believe that they can do something different or that they can receive more or more, more inspiration or better ideas or the power to do things differently. Right. That's a huge piece of generational healing is that financial aspect. It's something that I didn't realize I had an issue with. Until hey. we did our work last week. That was one of the things that came up. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, and soon as that, that shift and mm-hmm. understanding that it really wasn't my gunk. Right. But yet I was feeling the pressure and I didn't understand where it was coming from. And so when we understood it and mm-hmm. did a little healing, there was, um, I felt lighter. I felt yep. freer yep. because that pressure was gone. Mm-hmm. So again, use, using this example, um, recognizing when you have a problem or an emotion that you don't know where it comes from. You don't have an experience. You don't know what that's about. Again, that's a tell sign that there's a generational aspect at work. So for me, with my money stuff, it was always so scary. <laughs> money was terrifying. I was always so scared of money. I didn't want to receive money. I didn't want to give money. I just thought it was terrifying. And I didn't have an experience with that. It wasn't like somebody gave me money and I, you know, did did something awful and I was a bad person. I, I didn't have any experience with that. I just always had this feeling of money is scary and money is intense and I and I'm I'm too sensitive. I don't want to do it. I need to be more spiritual. Those types of things. And then as I started doing my work and doing this, emo- you know, all of these things that have led me to what I do, what I do, I started to see, hey, what is my family history with money? <laughs> Holy cow. My parents, well, not my parents, my grandparents fought 
so much about money. Their parents fought so much about money. So that belief of money equals discomfort in marriage or money equals pain in marriage or money equals marriages being awful, of course I would be terrified of money. Of course I would push that away because I didn't want that to ruin relationships, but it felt like that was the reason, right? Which was something that was an experience my ancestors had, but was not the truth. It was something that they went through, but was not actually the truth. The the root issue for them was not that they had not enough money. It was that they weren't turning to God for their support. They weren't humbling themselves and asking for that. And I'm sure they were to a degree. I'm not trying to rail on my ancestors. I love them, right? They're, they're part of me. But I got to yeah. understand and realize that there was a lot of trauma around me. There was fights. There was ir- you know irritation. There was things that made money very, very not wanting to be part of my life. And so it wasn't, right? Just kind of barely getting by for a long time in my adult years until I started to look at these different things and started to get more comfortable with this idea that money could be healing and that my ancestors could heal, excuse me, heal their money issues as well. And that helps them free up and have the faith to fully turn that to, to God and turn that over to God for, for healing. That's powerful because money is necessary, right? Mm-hmm. That it has that, you know, to do good, to survive. Um, and yeah, there are people that don't do such good things with their money. Right. But I think like you, like you talked about, as we heal from that and as we turn to God and and we rely on him in, um, or our higher power, we rely on, on that influence, that then we will do good with those those things and the abundance that we do have. And right. so it's it's a powerful thing to look at if that isn't if it's an issue for you or anyone else that you understand and you know and you have, you know, can discuss this with is is there something behind these feelings that is causing you to fail mm-hmm. or causing you to always be worried about you know, where the food money's coming from or rent money or mm-hmm. keep your utilities on, all those yeah. insecurities. Right. And again, recognizing that if there's an emotion that you have that doesn't make sense, if there's a belief or something that you can't really tie to why that, that you feel that way, to then kind of be willing to, to look into that and see if you can find it in your family story. What, what I did and what was really part of my journey was was understanding my parents' upbringing, understanding where they came from, what life was like for them, what their beliefs were about different things, about themselves, about, you know, money or whatever, whatever I was interested in. And then looking into the generations before, what were my grandparents' beliefs about that? What were their experiences about, you know, did they feel certain things that I also felt or was trying to look into? And then going back as far as you can. And what, you know, and I'll, I still will call up my grandpa, either of my grandparents and just say, Hey, what did your family believe about this? Or, or what was your mom like with this? So, so an interesting part of this as well is that I have a, like a family history of women that got married late and, and who's getting married late, right? Quote unquote late. This girl <laughs> is what it's You're late maybe in the area and the culture that we live in. Right. But in the standard of 
everywhere else, right. you were perfect. Right. But recognizing that there was a lot of times where I was like, oh, I'm living something. I need to work through something. There's something here. This belief that I'm off on my timing, I'm a late bloomer, that kind of stuff was not necessarily mine. So you bring something up interesting because we talked about a little bit about this before. And you had an experience of healing, of generational healing around marriage with your grandma and -hmm. your grandpa. Yeah. And it very much felt like yours. Yes. Would you share that experience, please? Sure. So I was um, interested in this guy and he kind of blew me off one night and I was like, he was supposed to come over and he didn't come over and we weren't even dating. Like it was pretty, you know, I just wanted to date him. And, and when he blew me off, I was furious and I had no idea where that anger came from. It was just like this fury that filled my entire body. And normally I would not react like that. I I was, I was very confused by that level of intensity. Um, And then I started to look into it and I think it was actually a good friend that helped me see that, that what I was feeling was not about the situation, right? It was something that was being triggered in, in what felt like more than just mine. And so as I kind of started to look into it and, and when you're in it, you still just kind of see through the anger, right? But then I started to kind of get curious about it. I'm going to start to get curious about this feeling. Um, and it just was all of these kind of assumptions about different things. Like he should be there for me. There's, there's no way that he should just blow me off like that. Why isn't he doing what he's supposed to be doing? And I was like, these are all things that I'm hearing myself say, but do not fit the context of this ex- experience. Maybe he got busy. Maybe something happened. I don't know, but I'm blowing it out, you know, blowing it out of proportion. And so I proceeded to kind of just, again, kind of listen to these emotions and listen to these things. And then the people started to make sense, right? As as I started to see, maybe this is generational, the family that this came from came to mind in my history. And I was like, oh, this is about their marriage. This is about the things that they felt obligated in, or they they thought they had to do or had to be. And this person was never showing up. This man was never showing up. He wasn't being the guy that the, that the woman in the relationship thought that she should, that he should be right. And so there's all this expectation and this heaviness and this, this feeling of empty, this person isn't showing up for me. Um, and then I was able to just really grieve that entire relationship because that was 50 years of, of a lot of expectations and hurting each other and trying to, you know, make meet the needs, but looking in the wrong places for that. Right. And so I processed all of that and I just broke down. It was one of those more intense experiences of just like, I just remember laying on the floor and just crying so hard and then recognizing that I was releasing and grieving out of my own body, the pain of this marriage and letting all of that kind of release. And it hurt so much and I never wanted to feel that again. And it wasn't even mine. And I was so angry with it (laughs) that I was feeling so much pain for stuff that wasn't mine. And then I also felt my grandma in, in that re- relationship that she was with, with me. She had passed on at that time and she was with me and thanking me for helping her with, with this process, just needing to get it out, getting all that emotion out. And then I felt peace. It's really um, extraordinary to see how tangible, how real, how physical and emotional 
um, those things you went through as you grieved for them. Right. And, and then to feel her thanking you and supporting you and loving you. That's just, you can't deny that you had that experience and that right. they are with us. Right. Those and to me, it was, yeah, to me, it was a witness that some things do have to be done in the body. And, and I felt her as like a strengthening angel with me, but that I, that these things needed to be released through the body because I held them too. Right. I had an un, irrational fear of marriage or an irrational, n- not wanting to be part of any of that, <laughs> but it wasn't because it was mine. It was because of the pain that was held in my, in my DNA, in my emotional DNA. And so getting that out helped me, right. Helped me open up to the right, healthy dating and healthy relationships that I needed to find. Um, and then it helped her, I think, to be free on the other side, to be able to move forward in, in forgiving herself or forgiving the relationship or moving on. And I do, I truly believe that. Wow. I, um, I have a couple of thoughts here based on what you just said there and in, in the pre previously um, in this conversation, because you talked about going and asking and finding information about, you know, you'd call your grandpa or, you know, you'd ask your, your mom about certain things and different things. And I'm thinking, well, what if they're not here or what if I don't have a relationship with them or I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. but then you just taught us another experience here that you had with, you know, how many generations back. Mm-hmm. So, what's the key? I mean, I mean, it's kind of like you have to talk and ask, but then you have to stop and listen. How do you tune in to know whose stuff, whose junk, who are you helping? And do you need to know who it is? Yeah, that's a great question. That's probably the hardest part about doing generational work is, is that it can feel messy. It can feel confusing of which line is this, what, you know, who's this, this stuff. Um, Some things, I think the more, you know, about your family line, the more you can be inspired, right? The more you can, you can almost be taught from your intuition, from that spiritual guidance of it will kind of highlight for me, like people will come to mind or a certain thing will just kind of highlight. And I think it is something that you learn to trust, just like I do with my energy healing work. It's, it's, I have this impression and I just start to trust it and I start to, you know, ask about it, but it's, it's kind of like that with this of, of who does this belong to? I'm just going to almost mull that over, but not from my headspace, more from my spirit, more from my heart or from deeper within my body. I'm going to listen from a deeper place. I'm going to listen to what I feel. Sometimes I will take out, um, there's a a family search app that has all of my family line um, just right there. And I will just look at the names and just start to, to think, okay, maybe it's this, maybe it's here. And then I'll open up that person see if there's any stories, you know, what I, what I can know about them, but it is a little bit harder because it's more of an intuitive work. It's more of something that you listen for. You can muscle test for it. If you guys have heard of muscle testing, it's activating um, or it's asking the body a yes or no questions. Um, So sometimes with, with the woman that we worked or with the roommate last night, we muscle tested for who it belonged to. And then as soon as she had the person, it all made sense. But we just asked, is it on the mom's side? Yes or no. Is it on dad's side? Yes or no. How many generations back does this go? Five, six, that kind of thing. And and then that can be helpful 
the the trick with the, with um, muscle testing is that it does work with your intuition. So doing one or the other for me, I listen for if I need a muscle test. I'm asking my intuition first. Um, but yeah, I think knowing even just being open to this idea, this idea. Sometimes that's all we need to know, right? I'm open to this being someone else's. I'm open to the idea that this is a generational thing. If I need to know more, I'm happy to know more. Usually you will feel kind of inspired to look at the generations or to find out the stories or to go back and see what happened just like Anna and Elsa, right? We needed to find out what this was about. What was this wound? And then when you find it and understand it, both of you are freed. Both of you are freed from something. As you look at them and you can see that drive they had and they really didn't know the reason behind the drive, but there was a drive to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And I think we find that in each of our, our lives. One of the things, you know, I keep thinking about this is we do have to trust ourselves. We have to trust that intuition. I'm assuming that you didn't trust as readily as you do now mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, that mm-hmm. that has come with practice. Yeah. And with cleaning up, right. Energetically cleaning up. Now I can feel what's mine and what's not much more easily than I could. It all just felt the same before. It was just all piles of things, right? <laughs> big blob of gut. Yeah. <laughs> of emotional something. Emotional something. So for me, what has happened as I have cleaned up emotional gunk, I do feel too. I feel a lot more because before it just, I didn't even want to feel anything. So I just felt this because I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Right. And um, you didn't have have the skills at the time. You didn't have any tools. I didn't have those tools. I didn't have those skills. And, And it was hard for me. And it still is at times to sit and be still um, but I'm trusting that uh-huh. I'm trusting in that intuition that, you know, for me to stay in a balanced state where I can feel that I can have that intuition that I can do all these things. There are certain things I need to do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is being still, mm-hmm. and, you know, just trying to just let, you know, yep, recognize whatever just floated in my head, let it go and be still. Right. And it comes back. I'm getting better at it. Yeah, you know, it used to be. Oh man, if I lasted a minute, I was, I was doing great. Right, um, right. But I'm doing better and learning to trust in that process. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is exciting. That as you gain these skills, that you don't have to wait to have someone walk you through it. Right. You you can learn and do these things. Um, Brandy has got some exciting news as she's, um, I want to let her share what's, what's happening. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to be offering some masterclass courses on, on grief and grieving and also on generational healing and how to tap into these traumas and how to tap into these things, how to identify them and how to actually have tools to release them. So we talked today about just being aware and open to that, that this could be someone else's. That is one of those tools to just start to give it back to the person that it started with and and both people healing with that. But there's a lot of other tools that I've used that have been very, very helpful in understanding and moving forward with um, 
generational pieces and also with grief. So these will be two different classes, um, a grief and grieving, how to live, you know, how to continue living. Um, Annette mentioned in the beginning that our last pod- podcast was about, you know, finding meaning in that grief journey and, and finding ways to still connect with your lost loved ones. And that is so important in the grief journey is to still connect with those lost loved ones. And that is kind of opening the intuition that is starting to trust those stillness and those feelings that you can communicate and you can feel them and you can stay connected. Um, And then again, this other uh, course on, on how to, how to heal generational stuff, all of the tools, everything that we can offer, we were discussing in that class so that people can have the best chance possible in healing their, their generational gunk because it needs to be healed. And this is the time, this is the time to do it. It is the time to do it. That is the one thing that I have learned that I don't have to live in the gunk anymore. Right. I can be present. I can be free. I can have peace. I can be happy. Mm-hmm. But I also have to look at some things, too, that aren't so pleasant, right? Right. But once I get through it, and I'm on the other side, it's it's amazing. So you'll find links to Brandy Cash's courses um, in the notes of the of the podcast, in the show notes, as well as on KarenTheLow.com and BrandyCash.com and um, through social media, through our different um, Instagram and other sources there. So be, be looking for that because these courses are going to be amazing. Um, there's an introductory uh, piece course, um, not a piece, an introductory class that will be offered to you for free. And then going forward to actually, you know, dive into the real meats and potatoes of these skills and healing, um, you know, there are courses that that will be available to you to um, to learn and to have and ask questions that she'll be available. It'll be a virtual course. Um, The seats will be limited um, as to how many can participate in each course. And this is where she will actually go through and give some hands-on uh, training and, and actual coursework and then come back and, and the next, uh, the next lesson in, in that uh, course, you know, it'll be a follow-up and how did it go? So you're actually going to be taught, go practice, come back, ask questions and have some feedback, learn mm-hmm. some more go back. And so it's a wonderful process. She's just not um, telling you or doing it forward, you know, for you. She's teaching you so that you can then continue to do these practices for yourself and in your healing journey. So I'm looking forward to these. So thank you, Brandy, for being willing to, um, to brainstorm with me on doing something like this and offering it to, to our listeners. Yeah. Um, Brandy, do you have any final thoughts or anything you just want to make sure that somebody understands before um, the end of this show? My, I'm so glad you asked that. There is one thought that came to mind was um, recognizing that you can't do it wrong. That, that even if you don't know this stuff, even if you don't, um, 
even if you don't want to, <laughs> that you are still working through things that are so important. And it's, it's like you have this soul design that you really can't get off track with because you're here and you're helping and you're doing it already. And, and these things are just to help open it up and, and make it a little bit faster, a little bit easier, but, but you already have it. You already are in the placement in your family, in the timing that you're supposed to be doing it already. Such a good reminder too with that because fear gets in the way that, you know what, maybe I can't do it or I can't do it right. And thank you for reassuring all of us that we can do this and we can't do it wrong. And so um, I am so looking forward to joining you and each of you out there who will be a part of our class and learning together. So thanks for joining us for this episode of Karen the Load Community. This episode is brought to you by Karen About Health, our sister site for tips on wellness and gut health. Also continue following us on Facebook and Instagram over at Karen the Load, where we create opportunities to inspire, grow, and connect with each other. We're better together. Take care.